Lunch with Pippa Hudson. And now, Consumer Talk featuring Wendy Nola. It's lovely to have Wendy back with us in studio today to revisit the issue of lockdown cancellations and the ongoing battles some of our listeners are still having mm-hmm. in securing fair refunds. Uh, we'll look at travel bookings, we'll look at wedding bookings, and we'll make space for some of your open line calls as well. So if you want to join the conversation, remember that the number to dial is 0214460567, uh, or you can send an SMS to 31567 or a voice note to 0725671567. It's welcome and a belated happy birthday oh. to Wendy Nola. Lovey, I hope nobody sent any complaints your way yesterday. <laughs> well, I did get quite a few, but nothing oh, about me, so that's all right. I that's a good that. start. Yes. Okay. It's actually more than a year that we've been discussing this mm. issue of, of cancellations because of COVID, Wendy, because they actually started coming in even before South Africa went into lockdown. Not so. They did indeed. I know this because I was preparing... Um, Early March, March the 5th, to go on air on 702 with yep. Azza. And um, we were going to do prescribed debt. And I had the banking ombudsman waiting on the sidelines. And then the news came on minutes before we came went on. It was the first case in South Africa. Right. And I thought for the next hour, nobody's going to want to listen to prescribed debt. And yeah. I had already had these cases that I had begun investigating um, lined up. So we just switched. Free, that would have been March the 5th. Yeah. Oh, and then only on the 27th did we actually go into hard lockdown. So the problems are, are well over a, a year old. old. Now, yeah. um, and um, I hate to say this, but many look. I don't hear about the ones that I often hear about the ones that were all beautifully resolved. But I know there were many of those, and and many service providers bit the bullet at great uh, personal and financial yeah. um, cost, and 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 refunded people that didn't want to postpone their bookings. But um, a great many cases remain unresolved. And of course, that's not helped by the fact that many people who chose to postpone their bookings say to, um, you know, December and then maybe early 2021, um, suddenly found that, well, either in the case of some cruises, those cruises still didn't happen Mm. or, um, they were traveling to come countries that are now in their third waves and not accepting visitors and certainly not those that haven't been vaccinated. So it's become a very fraught, complicated business. Um, and of course, um, the biggest pain point have been those who, as we've discussed on the show many times, through age or comorbidities or just you know, yeah. a complete loss of appetite for any travel in future, or people who got married quietly in a civil uh, ceremony and just got did it know, with ten people got yeah. away got away from the idea of a of a, a wedding ceremony altogether. They want refunds. They, they, you know, postponement is of absolutely no use to them. And of course, when you're dealing with companies that have spent months. Um, with no bookings and then slow bookings and then cancel bookings because of December. And, mm. you know, there's obviously, in, in many cases, they just actually don't have the money anymore. They've spent that money, which is not, should not have happened because it was payments for. Or deposit for an actual event. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but reality to keep the doors open desperate times. And so you've got the reality of the situation hitting up hard against consumers' legal rights to get a refund or certainly part of a refund. You can't ever have a no refunds situation. Yeah. Um, even in the case of now people um, saying, well, they could go on holiday, they could have the wedding, the venue's open, it's level one, but they don't want to anymore. You still get the CPA that now is at play. There's got to be a reasonable cancellation penalty and you can't have a, a zero unless it's you know, a week before an 11th hour kind of situation. There is always legally in terms of the Consumer Protection Act, a, a re, you know, a, um, a reasonable expectation of some something refund, back. Something. Yeah. You can't have a, have a no re- refund. Anyway, I thought we'd start with 
Vitality. Okay, now, yeah, so the Vitality travel queries have been amongst the... the, the, the most the, persistent. The most persistent, yes. Uh, we received several complaints about very, very long delays in processing refunds for bookings that had been made via Vitality travel. And... Um, we, to be fair, we have to say a number of those cases have been resolved and people have been paid up after you took up their yes. cases, Wendy. But there are lots of people who haven't had Wendy Nola fighting in their corner who are still waiting. Who are still waiting. And so there I are still those who have you in their corner who are still waiting. Exactly. I think it's a case, certainly with Fatality Travel, that um, of um, not that they aren't refunding. It's just that it's been an incredibly slow process. And people who... Um, made the bookings dire- directly, same kinds of bookings, same destinations, booked directly with the airlines, have got their money back a lot sooner. So in this case, okay. going through that, that channel party. cost people. I mean, the, as we, you know, the COVID was unexpected. But the latest case that I've dealt with, Pippa, was um, Colin and Mandy Sewell. They bought Cape Town to London British Airways tickets. They were scheduled to depart in September 2020. Of course, that didn't happen. The BA, um, the airline itself, cancelled, which is always the best case scenario for a refund because, yeah. you know, it was no fault of the, of the would-be passengers. Um, in January, Mandy was told by Vitality, we have to process the refund request in our system and then wait for British Airways International to refund uh, the funds to us before we can refund the money back to our customers. We are unable to refund customers without receiving actual funds from the airline. Fair enough. So that's what they were saying in January still. In February, Vitality Travel told me when I took up another case um, concerning British Airways, that said that their first um, Comair, that is their partner, was first able to process Emirates and Qantas refunds last year, and then they started with BA. After that, 500 refunds had been processed in, in Feb. Um, Comair is working through a number of refunds with additional flight cancellations also occurring. We are anticipating significant progress on all refunds in this quarter. So that quarter would have ended March. March, right? yes. So I went back with the Sewell case and I asked them what that number is looking like now, where is it sitting, and what percentage of total refunds do you have been done? The response um, from Vitality Travel was the BA International refund process is progressing well. Almost 90% of all refunds are now complete. The remaining refunds, including Mr. and Mrs. Sewell's, are in the process of being refunded. I like to think that our little inquiries sort of nudged them a bit because um, they said that we're going to be um, looking at the Sewell's sort of immediately kind of thing and it will be done by Friday. That was last Friday. Colin actually got hold of me to say that it was done on Thursday. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Thank you. So it they was, finally got their money back. It okay. Was, uh, it was quite a lot of money too. Um, so you can, for international flights, you can imagine. Yeah. And in their case as well, I, I can't remember what the destination was, but from London, they booked connecting flights directly with an airline. I think it was to Canada and they got refunded long time ago, which was exacerbating yeah. the, the case because they were like, you know, what is the holdup here? Yeah. So, I think it's fair to say, as a, uh, to repeat that, you know, in this scenario with the COVID and the cancellations, um, those that booked directly certainly got their money back. Um, and and the, the flights were cancelled by the airline because of COVID restrictions. They got their money back a lot quicker than than a lot of um, agencies because the, that middle man um, was was not an inhibitor in the process of refunds. So that's the vitality story. 90%. So it looks like they're very nearly there. Okay. We're also going to look at a, a wedding cancellation uh, case study. And then in a few minutes after a short break, we'll speak to the Consumer Goods and Services Ombud for an update in general on cancellations. The wedding one, as you mentioned, Wendy, a particularly fraught and emotional one, because obviously 
there's so many moving parts to a wedding. There are people potentially coming from all different Overseas. corners of the world yep. who are affected. And there is the emotional importance of the day to the couple. So you can understand why, why, why people have taken this one very, very hard. Yes. And also it's not an event that you can, um, book for the last minute kind of thing. It's, it's sort of nine months a year kind of thing. And, um, so that makes it very difficult now for people who are thinking about postponing because yeah, but then you, you pick a date and then and people have got to book flights and it's a, Huge operation, and you know you've got half the world, big parts of the world, and third waves, and after three make will fall come. What's the vaccination? You know, there's all of that. So, yeah. so in this case study, um, and I've taken up quite a few, but um, this case had a, a, a more happy ending than most. So, Babette Bayers is a South African living in France with her French fiance. They initially planned to get married in South Africa in October last year. They booked a venue called Old MacDaddy, which is near Elgin. And they, they did mm-hmm. the booking in 2019. And from that time until March of 2020, how tragic is that timing? <laughs> sure. Um, they paid a total of just over 107,000 rand. The full quote um, for the hosting of their wedding being, and there was accommodation as well, 140,000 rand. So they paid just 30,000, uh, sorry, uh, 30, 33 short, yeah. 33 short, right? In April, given that many guests would need to travel from overseas, they asked to postpone the booking by a year. And so the new date, October 31, 2021, was set. But come January this year, COVID was very much still with us. And the only certainty, as we've said, was uncertainty. Babette told me we don't even know if we can fly to South Africa in October. We didn't want to have to potentially postpone our wedding again. Neither did we want to put any of our family and friends in danger. So we decided to cancel our wedding on the 11th of January um, by explaining the situation to, um, to the old McDaddy, mm-hmm. uh, the venue, but they essentially are only willing to refund us 37,584 rand out of our 107,000. The reasoning for keeping about 70,000 rand of our money is that despite of all, despite all our safety concerns, there are no restrictions on wedding and weddings in South Africa. In other words, either we maintain the wedding and with just a hundred people, or we just expect accept their proposed refund what are your thoughts so in an email to omd i said that regardless um, of the fact that it was the couple who choose to chose to cancel at this time not as in the first case they had to um the cpa still allows uh, consumers to cancel an advanced booking and the service provider may charge a reasonable cancellation penalty as i said a few moments ago um the sum that is proposed, I said, as a cancellation penalty must be substantiated. And I get this, as you would have heard, yeah. Gaut, and particularly the Ombuds for Consumer Goods and Services say this many times. They can't just come up with a figure that needs to be itemized and justified um, because it's not about enrichment. You can't have a situation where one party is enriched. Is profiting of off somebody else's exactly. misfortune. Yeah. yeah. So one of the factors to be considered in determining what is reasonable in each case is how long before the event the cancellation was made because obviously the longer the more chance they have of a rebooking i said in this case it was 10 months before the book date which in the wedding industry means ample time for a rebooking to be made and therefore a small cancellation figure is appropriate given the circumstances of this case i'm pretty sure that that um that it could be successfully um argued that you know that is the penalty should be small um, and then I asked how they came to, to that 70,000 rand um, figure, about 65% of the total. Of It actually isn't. It's 50% of the total because it's 65% of what they paid. So they oh, paid the one seven. The deposit, yeah. so it was actually, yeah, so it was calculated on the full amount. So old MacDaddy's GM, Leon Rue, responded immediately 
saying, um, we had a conversation saying that he hadn't personally dealt with the case. And while normally the, um, the cancellation penalty is 50 percent, I said that could be arguable. But he said mm-hmm. um, he'd be very happy to chat up a bit and would move heaven and earth. Those were his words to me to come to an amicable agreement. Well, he was true to his word. That conversation happened very fast. It was, And Babette said she was very happy for the venue to keep 25% as a cancellation penalty. So, yeah, you have a reasonable complaint. On both sides, yeah. yeah. And he immediately said, happy to accept. I think it's very uh, fair indeed. Well done, OMD. Um, and this, you know, enhances goodwill. Because if, if ever they want, want to have a ceremony or something to mark there. Yeah, maybe they whatever. renew their vows in That's, three years, five years time. Yeah. And then now there's an acceptance and a sort of willingness to, to go. I think it's, it's They would come back again. Abs- yeah. Exa- exactly. So, I mean, I have dealt with cases uh, one particularly comes to mind in KZN where I think I might have mentioned it in passing the venue dug in their heels. They not only want, they they did not only did they not want to refund what this couple had paid, their wedding was in early April last year so it couldn't happen. Yeah. They, want, they said because she didn't cancel formally for something that couldn't happen. They wanted the full amount. They wanted going after another no. 29,000, I think. It went to the Umbud, Bechato, I'm sure will remember. And because they don't, they, they're a mediation service, they don't really have teeth to enforce, they don't have enforcement rights. The, the lawyer for the venue just said, well, we don't agree with you. And so now there's, you know, legal action remains the only, I mean, and it's just ridiculous. And scenario. there've been others yeah. like that. So it was so gratifying to, to, Step in and, and get them talking and, and see it resolved and amicably. It resolved so well amicably, done, yeah. old McDaddy, but I'm also going to say well done, Babette, because we've also dealt with a lot of cases, Wendy, where the complainants have been not particularly reasonable about recognizing that as much as this is not a situation of their making, neither is it's it the a, fault of the venue. No, and, yeah. and, you know, there was some admin and that involved here. And also, if you want these beautiful places to stay open and available to us when some sense of normality returns, as we're sort of seeing now and hopefully will last, mm. then, then, you know, the give and take is definitely required. It's not a normal, as I've said to you many times, it's been the hardest period for me to, yeah. to do this job because it's so not clear cut and nobody's at fault. So, yeah, I really enjoyed dealing with that story, I must say. Well, thanks for following up on it. We are going to be chatting to the Ombuds, and I think what I'm going to do is is pause, uh, have that conversation after we've taken the news headlines in about two minutes. In between, Wendy, very quickly, Steve has WhatsApped saying, SAA cancelled our return flight back in June 2020, both my wife and I. When can we expect oh. a refund? Uh, I mean, SAA, you have the added case. complication of the yes. airline being insolvent. Yes, um, and it's also been complicated with Comair, although that's been, um, for, for those who booked those flights, it's been um, not quite as sad a story for the SAA as for the SAA uh, people. I just, I just don't know what to say about that story. It's just um, bad news upon bad news, the worst of timing, and I, I just really feel... For those because it's now a legal process and, and you're and in the queue along with yeah, every other creditor yeah, yeah. Exactly. so no i uh, steve i mean i wish we could we could give you more than that when can you expect a refund if might be the more realistic uh, question to uh, ask uh, yes and i i exactly i, I don't want to i have no idea I honestly okay. have no idea. Sorry about that. Steve, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I really feel for you and everybody else affected, um, um, and, you know, including, I mean, I've got a friend who's an SAA pilot, Wendy, who's well, there you go. also waiting in that queue, and, hasn't seen a salary since March last year. For April. all of us South Africans, yeah. the bailout money, the millions and oh. probably billions that went in over the years, um, and we still landed up in this situation. It's absolutely 
disgusting state of affairs. <laughs> Maybe later in life, one day, one day. Okay, uh, back back to consumer affairs. And um, uh, as promised, we have the Ombudsman for Consumer Goods and Services on the line with us to give us a bit of an overview of, of where things are uh, are at. And it's always a pleasure uh, to welcome Mkhautan Patlele to the show. Uh, thanks for making time for us today and welcome back to Cape Talk. Thank you. And I do have a touchy. You've got a question. Okay. Got a fire away. <laughs> You've got a tattoo. Okay. <laughs> I'm in a minority today. <laughs> Wendy, do you just want to sort of set the scene of what you wanted to discuss with Makata? Yeah. So, um, I, uh, I must say thank you again to Makata for always being available to answer my endless questions because, and, you know, being so accessible, um, makes my job a lot easier. So given, you know, my experience as we've discussed over the year, one, one little consumer journalist, um, with all the cancellation related, um, cases, I asked, uh, Makata this week, um, what, you know, what her office had handled, the number of cases relating to COVID cancellations, the types of cases and what sort of uh, successes that they'd had or not. Turns out they opened a new category to can- to handle COVID-related cases um, last year, m- around March last year. And of those, which doesn't surprise me, surprise me at all, 82% were around cancellations. Okay. In one case, they got a 35, they got 35,000 rand refunded to a couple whose wedding couldn't go ahead during a hard lockdown. And a particularly moving case of a pensioner who wrote to them who'd paid a domestic airline 2,255 rand, which is a lot of money for a pensioner, for a, a fare. Um, she asked for a refund instead of a, a postponement because of her age. Um, and um, shame, her flight was due to, uh, to depart on the 27th of March. Oh, what? no, on the day um, of lockdown. What bad yeah. timing. Um, anyway, she literally emailed the airline hundreds of times, oh. several times a day. And she just wasn't getting her money back. And then the Ombuds office got involved and she got her money back. Um, so it's very much the kinds of cases that have come my way. But, of course, um, with um, a little bit more, even with the lack of um, uh, enforcement teeth, I mean, getting a letter from the Ombuds office um, has to Carry some count for weight, something. Yeah. And as we discussed recently, it counts for a lot more now that um, everyone has to join and all the suppliers have to join and pay their fees. But um, there, were a couple, there was one case... Um, that um uh Mahata, that that thirty five thousand rand um wedding refund um that mm-hmm. your office managed to get how did your office fare with other such complaints because you must have had many and and what sort of justifica- justification rather did the companies that wanted to hold on to all the money or give back very little of it how did they justify that under the circumstances uh and I think from your experience, Wendy, you will know that a lot of the time where companies uh, are represented by attorneys, yeah. they would take uh, the approach of uh, making legal arguments. So you would not even have a justification for them to break down the cost and so on. You know, you would just get a, a paragraph to say, according to section what, what, it doesn't apply and we will not refund uh, the consumer and they must uh, uh, refer to their terms and conditions which were pre-COVID because our view and, and it must be understood we are not a tribunal or a court mm. we, 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 yes we have to look into the law but we have to look at fairness as well and fairness includes looking at the circumstances and, and anyway the CPA was not drafted with a pandemic in mind 
But yeah. the CPA in general says you must interpret it in such a way that you promote the, the, the intents and purposes of the act, which is to protect the consumer. And that was our approach to say consumers were, were not responsible for the lockdown. Yes, suppliers as well. Everybody had to be reasonable. Internationally, other ombuds were saying consumers, if it was not because of any of their doing, they were entitled to a full refund or the alternative is a supplier could offer a postponement or a voucher, but the consumer has to accept it or then the supplier could have a defense if, the, if, if it was uh, shown that the consumer was unreasonable in them rejecting a postponement or a voucher. Okay, so that's asking for quite a lot of um, cooperation from companies, as you say, just felt that they were going to apply their pre-COVID um, T's and C's. But mm. even then, the, uh, in many mm. cases, like the case I mentioned earlier, there was a full 10 months to go um, till the wedding yeah. date and still saying, no, well, we're going to take uh, 50% or you know, 65% of what had been paid that thus far, which was happily resolved well. Yeah. But, but um, um, do you think now, a year later, there's been a little bit more understanding on the part of these service providers of, of, of what they can and can't legally do in terms of the CPA and e- I mean, even leaving fairness out of it? Well, we, from our experiences, that you know, your, your bigger corporates, I think, have the leeway to be able to provide refunds and so on. Our experience is that the ones that are very legalistic are your smaller mm-hmm. uh, establishments, which could also be facing, you know, financial pressure. But uh, our view was that a consumer, even in these circumstances, is the one with less power and resources. A, a business can have business interruption insurance. We know what the issues are, are that about. But they have other issues. They have government, government assistance in terms of paying their employees and so on. Consumers have none of that. You use your little cash to pay. So our, our expectation was that really there should be no penalties for consumers. They should receive a refund. Unfortunately, like I said, we are not a court. And where they do charge a cancellation penalty, there are several conditions in the act. You mentioned one is that the, the, the time the time frame within which they cancelled, but there's also a requirement that says, you know, taking reasonable steps to find alternatives, especially where now they are saying mm. uh, uh, the, the lockdown have been, uh, the restrictions have been reduced, venues can now operate up to a certain number. Mm. So even under those circumstances, you still have to comply with the act. You cannot use it as an excuse. And if you have incurred costs, you need to be able to justify those costs and put them on the table in order for you to justify the cancellation penalty that you are charging. Yes. Okay, very important. Uh, it's and, very important yeah. that, and I just wish more companies, that these sort of smaller, medium ones, would take note of that because they just don't get it. That they can't just tr- yes. suck the figure out but of thin they, air. They've got to substantiate it. And they it. keep saying, but our terms and conditions, without any um, regard for the fact that you can't have, your, yeah. your, your terms and conditions have to apply with the Act. Have got to comply. Yeah, yeah. You can't contract out of yeah. the CPA. Yeah, no, we can't use the pandemic as an excuse. And, and yes, the, the, the CPA does not specifically speak to what we have experienced in the past year. But we've had to interpret it to say, 
if this was the situation, how would the CPA have dealt with the matter? Mm. And there are provisions that assisted us to do that. And like I said, we are not a court, so people are free to disagree with us and take these issues into the formal space. And that is why some have gone to court and some we've referred to the NCC. So in these cases, about 54% of cases, we were able to achieve some positive outcome for the oh, consumer. Just over okay, half. So just well, half, well yeah. done there for those yeah. that were able to help because yeah. I know the resistance was great. Makata, <laughs> in terms of travel-related cancellation complaints, uh, I mean, we're currently seeing quite a number of complaints coming in about a particular local airline which has cancelled mm-hmm. one of its routes and in other cases where individual flights were cancelled because they are no longer deemed profitable. Um, we can't name them yet because that investigation is still underway. But mm-hmm. I'd love to just get a view from you on, on that particular circumstance Do the consumers have a right to a full refund in that case where they booked a flight and the airline has taken the decision that it's no longer going to offer that flight? Because if you think about it, the flight leads to other expenses like accommodation and car booking, etc. But that is a unilateral decision by the airline that has got nothing to do with the consumer. The consumer did not cancel. Yes. Yes. The, 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 The supplier based on... Uh, trading conditions decided that they need to make changes. So I don't see how the consumer could be penalized for that and not be entitled to a full refund. Okay, but here's the tricky one that the CPA um, doesn't really cover, but it's a natural one for a consumer to say, but now I've made accommodation based on that flight and I've booked a car. I can't get that money back. Um, Am I entitled to claim that from the airline? What's your answer to that one? Yes. uh, Section 47, which which deals with overbooking, does say that you are entitled to a refund with interest plus incidental costs. Okay. Where the the supplier only escapes that loss if the the inability to supply was due to circumstances beyond their control, which is the pandemic. But under normal circumstances, if they decide then you are entitled okay. to ask for incidental costs, but not damages. Okay, that's what I got confused. Incidental, not consequential. So I remember when yes, the act was still a bill. Actual costs. Actual costs. You, you couldn't say, say, well, yes. because of that, um, I didn't get my job. I didn't, couldn't, couldn't yeah, get to the I job interview. I was going yes. for a business deal for a million. I didn't get yeah, my yeah. million. Okay. You, you booked a taxi. You booked a hotel. You Good. are entitled uh, uh, to Thanks so much. We'll come back to that case um, hopefully next week. And, and Great, because suddenly there's a whole out. lot more meat to, yes. to be in, engaged yes. in that one. Michal Tempashlele, always great to have you on the show. Thank you again for your time today, our Ombudsman for Consumer Goods and Services. And thank you on behalf of all the consumers who've laid cases there uh, for the effort to get them resolved. Consumer Talk. Open line. Call 021-446-0567. We're back with Wendy Nola talking lockdown-related cancellations and refunds. And, Wendy, another common source of complaints in the past year has been the cruise industry. And, again, saying that with the greatest of awareness of the terrible predicament that they found themselves in through no doing of their own. Mm, probably the, among the worst, I think. Yeah. Um, because, you know, a lot, a lot of the passengers would be elderly who just won't now ever cruise again. And... Um, them wanting to do cruises people had booked for and then I think as recently as last month oh no it didn't get authority to, to do it and from so it's been it's been a really really bad time for that industry so and I do want to acknowledge that 
Natalie Bergstrom raised a question with me a few weeks ago that I hadn't contemplated before. So her family booked for the 2020 Christmas cruise. Um, with MSC. MSC, yeah. sorry, I should say MSC. Um, it was to be their last family cruise before their daughter turned 18 during the course of this year, at which time they'd actually have to pay um, full rate instead of just a nominal um, cabin fee or, or service fee or whatever, a port charges, that port charges and service fee for, for a child, which works out to about 1,300 and something. But um, now with the child being over 18 this year, it would be 6,600. So it's a difference in their case of 5,275 rand over a four-night cruise. So that is really quite substantial. The yeah. chosen cruise was Durban to Mozambique, right? So her question to me was, the deposit we paid and will now be given that we paid will now be given as a voucher for a cruise for the following season. Um, why should I have to pay an adult rate when we decide to cruise again? Her reasoning being was it wasn't their fault that the cruise was postponed. I suppose it wasn't MSCs either, but consumer yeah. have, consumers have right in this space. Um, she says, I think it, would, it is fair that MSC should honor everything as it is currently or was when they booked. Same price, arrangements, conditions, etc. So... Um, I, this made me think of an interaction I had with MEC um, this year, a month or two ago, and I asked about um, like for like cost to passengers. Mm-hmm. If that would that voucher basically that they got for the cruise they couldn't take get them a new uh, cruise to the same destination, same number of dates, just postponed. I mean, I, I to I my mind that, it yes. wasn't fair that they, they would have to pay in because they've not asked for their money back. They've asked for a postponement, which if you listen to Bajato is actually um, a favor. If they insisted yep. on a refund, they could have got it. Anyway, so um, I was told at that time, we'll be running cruises with the same destination, same duration in the upcoming local cruise seasons. That's 2021-22. Guests whose cruises have been cancelled because of the COVID regulations will have the option to rebook their cruise on an exact like-for-like basis at no extra cost. For example, same departure, same date a year later, same itinerary, same cabin. So then I asked this question in light of that, mm-hmm. you know, would this family and others, there must be many others in the same situation, would they allow those um, children that would have been under 18 and are now just 18, you know, a few, a few months difference, yeah. yes. And the answer was MSC's commitment to rebook cruises is on an exact like-for-like basis at no extra cost. Mr. Ms. Bergstrom's case is not a like-for-like as the child has now changed age, as if that was her own choice. <laughs> However, we are trying to get hold of Natalie to see how we can accommodate the family. And I don't know, um, you know, you, I can see both sides, but I just think all things considered and the fact that this family would have been entitled to a refund if they, you heard Bechata say that. Yes. Um, I just think it's not their fault that their child is now a few months older and technically now an adult. You know, I just think on the goodwill front, it's, it's short-sighted, you know, Wendy. It's, it's a short-sighted so. decision, obviously I think. Obviously, yeah. they've been on many cruises because she said this was going to be the last with the child, you mm-hmm. know, before that goes up substantially. And, I just, yeah, I just thought it was a little unfortunate. Leaves a bit of a bad taste mm-hmm. in the mouth and doesn't make yes. you want to book with them again so next time you go cruising. They haven't changed yeah. anything. Their ch- months went by through no fault of theirs because of COVID. Months went by. The child technically became an adult, but really… And now I must cost them 5,000 rand more? 
No. I don't know what our listeners feel about that, but mm. I wonder how everybody else feels. Yeah, let us know. Uh, voice note to oh seven two five six seven one five six seven or an SMS to three one five six seven. Maybe you've also been affected in the same way, and you want to tell us how you feel. Oh two one four four six oh five six seven. If you'd like to call in, Wendy, an interesting email in from mm. Jenny. Um, the Stellenbosch Air Show, she says, last year's event was obviously cancelled, having been scheduled for March. Ticket holders were promised their tickets would be good for this year's event, but this year's event just hasn't happened. Mm. Her f- question is, does the organiser get away with stealing our money? Um, it's quite a harsh way of putting it, but promised that they'll be good for the next event, but now the next when, event is not when forthcoming. When was it due to happen? Well, it would have been in March last year. Okay, so yeah. I think... The date is significant because you'll remember with events, I think, when is it? Was it Two Oceans? One yes. Was supposed to also March. So they have now spent all that money. You, they don't just, you know, there's a huge outlay in the months up to a year beforehand, paying suppliers, um, and, uh, obviously then recouping the money with the, with the, um, tickets. Um, I can get why they were, you know, please hold it over to this year. So I think all the, the, the ticket money, most of it would have been spent already for last year. That would be their argument. But um, for them to be completely silent about this year's event, and you mm. can understand why the uncertainty would, I suppose, would have happened in March this year. And um, yeah, still uncertainty. And yep. you're talking about maybe some international implications with you know, traveling and vaccinations and all of that. I think it is. Um, I understand if I'd paid for the, you know, you want something, you want a return for your, for your spend. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, under the circumstances, given that it was March, I'd say, oh, I have some sympathy for the organizers, but not for their lack of communication. Yeah. As I say, maybe it's too soon to be assuming that it's not going to happen this year. Maybe they're waiting well, to do it later in the year, um, once that. things are more stable, but they should be communicating. Given that the yeah. only date people have is March, I don't, it, it traditionally happened in March, then I don't think it's excusable for the organizers to say nothing now as we sit still in the middle of, of April. Mm-hmm. So maybe I can take a look at that and try and track them down and find out what's going Jenny, on. Jenny, I'll pass your email on to Wendy Please. and uh, maybe we can try and find out. Uh, thank you. A travel agent, and you've made the point that uh, that was ticking in the back of my head, that the MSC question might not be one of MSC's own rates but might be to do with those taxes, Wendy, which is not something that they control. The travel agent's comment is um, that the difference in taxes does not go to MSC. I know their margins are really tiny and that would, this would probably result in a loss if they had to pay the taxes in for uh, the child in that cruise case. Um, um, is that a fair point? See. It may or may not be. Um, the breakdown given to me was children under 18 are free. They pay port charges. That, that would be the tax. And they pay a service fee. Um, so even on the child rate, it's not zero to be paid. They cover that. And then the, the cabin fee then is the… Is the um, difference. You're is right. Is the difference. So I don't think it affects taxes. It's okay. I, I'm looking at the fee. breakdown here. The yes. port charges and the service fee are identical for the child and for the That's adult. Right. So that is not the factor. It's, 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 it's their own cabin about fee. That 5,000 rand difference is about the, the cabin only. But thanks for flagging it so but we could yes, just confirm that. You. Thank you very much. Okay. Um, lovely to have a good news story. Anna, thank you for your WhatsApp. And I'm glad you took the time to send this. She says uh, she's talking about gift vouchers. And you've mentioned 
before, Wendy, mm. that they've got to be valid for 36 months and that yes. so many retailers get that wrong. Listen to this. Anna says, my son recently decided to gather together all his gift vouchers from Cape Union Mart that he had received over the years as gifts. Some of them were well beyond 36 months mm. old. Much to his delight, they honored those vouchers, yeah. even those that dated back five years. Their take was that it was money to put into their business with no goods received. So they honored it as a plastic card is no goods received, but a promise to make a purchase in the future. After all, your money deposited into a bank doesn't become null and void if you don't use it in 36 months. They saw it as an investment for a future purchase. I thought worth mentioning is this is the first time I've heard of any business doing this. A gold star for Cape Union Mart for a great attitude. And I would certainly never hesitate to buy vouchers from them again in the future. Anna, I love that you took so the time to I. share that. And, and, I love and the a story. gold star to go- so, Cape so Union Mart the, indeed. The, it, actually, interestingly, Pippa, um, when the legislators of this of the act were still um, putting the act together, the, when it was in bill phase, the proposed um, length of time for vouchers to um, be valid was five years. And the industry okay. said, no, no, that's far too long. And it was reduced in the final act to three years. But um, so legally, it has to be for up to three years. But how wonderful of Cape Union. Vouch- I mean, as she, as, as she says so rightly, um, so many other retailers um, would just say, it's "Sorry, it's beyond." No. And you yeah. can't, you know, like three years is a long time. But actually, if it's money, monetary value, the consumer loses out because the goods become so much more expensive over yeah. three to five years. And how lovely that they actually got that. You know, yes, legally they should have. Uh, it is expired. They had no legal obligation to honour them. But actually, they did get that money into their business. Yeah, it didn't expire in their bank account. And. Well, you know, that's, that's, that's a customer. They had no, um, expectation, um, or knowledge that it was going to be shared publicly. There was nothing in it for them other than doing what they felt was, was right, right by as the a customer. customer service and knowing, uh, the, understanding the concept of goodwill. So, so well, well done, done to them and Anna thank you very much for taking the time to share that with us and it's a lovely positive note in which to yes. end the show today yeah. Wendy just a reminder if somebody wants to bring a case your way they do that by sending you an email is your preferred yes, preference please consumer at nola.co.za nola being spelled K-N-O-W-L-E-R and I'm particularly looking for people who have had um, flights cancelled by a particular airline um, to far-flung routes um, and um, had the flight cancelled or an entire route cancelled and you now sit with a ticket there or any airline where um, some of them are doing this if it's not profitable they just cancel and um, what your experience with getting a refund and other forms of redress has been and hopefully by this time next week we'll have some feedback from the particular airline we're dealing with right now yes we will the story to be continued (laughs) thank you so much chat to you then Wendy